0: There are many people in India that labor in the kingdom of God in this apostolic message and I would appreciate you if you can remember our nation as a whole that uh, God would uh, let the light of him brighten in that nation and that this light would spread across to many people and with these few words I would like to draw your attention into the word of God and if you have your Bibles and if you can, please stand with me to honor the reading of God's word. And please turn with me to the first epistle of Apostle Peter, chapter 1. Let us read verse number 18 and 19. First Peter, chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. I would appreciate you all if you can join with me in the reading of God's Word. I use the King James. It doesn't matter whatever version you use. Please join with me in the reading of God's Word as it says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, everybody say, blood of Christ, as of a lamb, everybody say, a lamb, without blemish and without spot. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. I'd like to speak to you on a subject called Blood of the Lamb. Let us bow our heads and close our eyes for a word of prayer. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful evening time, bringing us together to worship you in the beauty of your holiness. Thank you, Lord, for blessing the reading of your word. I pray that you will anoint my lips to speak your anointed word and anoint every ears to hear your word and every heart's to receive your word. We bind all the power of darkness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and let the liberty of your spirit be with us. Bless us, Lord, as you fellowship around the living bread of your word. I pray that the eternal purpose of you sending your word be fulfilled in each and every one of our lives. We love you and we thank you for we ask all of the blessings in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and please be seated. Like I said this evening time, I would like to speak to you on a subject called the blood of the Lamb. Apostle Peter, when he wrote this letter to the saints of the church that was in the first century, he kind of reminded them as to how they were redeemed. Uh And he says for as much as he know that he were not redeemed with corruptible things, we need to understand that... We enjoyed this life in Christ not because of any corruptible things like silver or gold or or any vain conversation received by traditions from our fathers. But we were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb. You know, whenever the scripture refers to the blood of Jesus Christ, it referred to the blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb. Praise the name of the living God. You know, when we go back to the book of Genesis, it all started in Genesis chapter 22 when Abraham took his son Isaac to offer him up as a sacrifice on the mount as the Lord commanded him. We all know about the story. Abraham had lived many, many years without an offspring. And when he was 100 years old, the Lord blessed him with Isaac. And one fine day after the Lord made Abraham to see the beginning of the fulfillment of the promise that he gave. After 25 years, he said, Abraham, take now thy son, thine only son, and offer him up as a sacrifice unto me. And Abraham was obedient to what the Lord had said. And then he never even told, you know, Sarah, but took his son to offer him up as a sacrifice. And both the father and the son, as they were going to the place where the altar has to be built and the sacrifice has to be made. The son Isaac asked his question to his father. It's in Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 7. It says, and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? It's amazing to me, you know, of all of these species in this world. You know, I checked it up on the internet. There are about 9,000 to 10,000 animal species in planet earth. But of all the species, all the thousands of species that God created, Abraham said, Father, you have everything that is needed for the sacrifice. You have the fire and you have the wood, but where is the lamb? He did not say, Father, where is the lion? Lion, they say, is the king of the forest. He did not say, where is the elephant? It's a huge animal with a lot of power and a lot of might. Why not give a sacrifice to God of an animal that is so big and so strong? Or he did not ask, daddy, where is the horse for the sacrifice? Horse is an animal of war. There are many better species uh, than a meek little lamb. But whenever the son, little son Isaac, asked this question to his father, he said, Father, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? We don't know why he said lamb. Maybe he had a divine revelation from heaven that he didn't know. But he said, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And what did Abraham say? In verse number 8, the scripture says, And Abraham said, My son, God, will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And as they went to the place where the sacrifice has to be made, Abraham built the altar. Abraham never said, you are that lamb or you are that sacrifice. If he would have said, Isaac would have taken a sprint from that place. But he kept quiet. God will provide for himself a lamb. So both of them got together to the place where they built the altar. And finally there came a time, Isaac, uh, Abraham had to... Tie his son and lay him on the altar. And he took the knife to slay his son. And that was where the angel of the Lord stopped him and said, Abraham, now I know that thou art a man that fear God. Lay not your hand upon your son. And when Abraham turned back, he saw a ram caught in the thicket. What is a ram? A ram is nothing but a lamb which has become an adult. A lamb is a baby, but when it grows, it becomes a ram. So as per the word and the faith of Abraham, he said God will provide for himself a lamb. According to the word and the faith of Abraham, God provided a sacrifice on that day. A ram that was caught behind the thicket. And Abraham took the ram and sacrificed unto the Lord in the place of his son. And then let's go to Exodus chapter 12. This is the place where the children of Israel were in the bondage of Egypt for 430 years. And there came a time the Lord wanted to deliver his people out of the bondage of Egypt. And God sent Moses to be the deliverer to go and speak to Pharaoh in his stead and deliver the people out of the land of Egypt. And the Bible says every time Moses went to speak to Pharaoh, his heart was hardened. Mm -hmm. He would let the people go and then he would say, no, you can't go. So the Lord has to demonstrate his mighty power in the land of Egypt. And that's why you see the different plagues that happened in the land of Egypt. The plague of lies, frogs, water turning into blood, thick darkness, hailstorm. So many things you all know that. But there came a time the Lord wanted to slay all the firstborn in Egypt. That was the last demonstration of God's power in the land of Egypt before they could leave that, that land of bondage and go into the land of promise. But before the Lord could demonstrate and slay the, all the firstborn in Egypt, God commanded Moses to tell his people what they have to do if their firstborn have to be saved. So what did God say? It's in Genesis chapter 12. God told his people to take a lamb. Everybody say a lamb. A lamb according to their families, and kill the lamb, and take the blood of the lamb. Everybody say blood of the lamb. Take the blood of the lamb in a basin. And then the Lord said, you shall use a hyssop, And dip it in the blood and then paint it in the doorposts and in the lintels of each and every house where the family lived. And the Lord said, when I come tonight, in whichever doorposts and lintels I see the blood of the lamb painted, I will not suffer the destroyer to enter into that house to slay the firstborn, but if I, if I wouldn't see the blood, I would go into that house and slay the firstborn. Yeah. And the people exactly did what the Lord had said. And we all know the story. What happened that night? Every home, when God did not find the blood of the lamb that was not painted on the doorposts and in the lentils, he went in and slayed the firstborn and others were spared. And on the next day, they get their emancipation. Their declaration of victory from Pharaoh. He said, take all of your people, young and old. Small and great. Men and women. We don't want you anymore. We have hurt ourselves enough by keeping you. You have done to us more damage than the help that you had done to us in the last 430 years. This is my version. (laughs) And finally, they got the deliverance. And every hoof, every feet that walked out of the land of Egypt walked through a door that was painted by the blood of the lamb. Every household, every person, young and old, from a little baby to the oldest man that existed at that time, they walked through the door that was painted by the blood of the Of the lamb. And let me tell you. It is the shadow of the door. That you and I went through. That Jesus Christ is that door. And the blood that he shed. On the cross of Calvary. Like this we can go through lambs. From the book of Genesis. Right through the book of Revelation. But in John chapter 1. And verse number 29. When Jesus came and be got baptized by John the Baptist and he walked up the banks of River Jordan and John the Baptist beheld the son of the living God and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Why did he say Lamb of God? He could have said the Lion of the tribe of Judah. But he said, Behold the Lamb of God. We don't know why he said the Lamb. Maybe he got a divine revelation from heaven. Or maybe his dad, the priest Zacharias, told him of some significance about the Lamb. But he said, behold the Lamb of God, the real Lamb that has come. a Reality of all the shadow lambs that were slain all through the Old Testament. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. You know, of all the species, why would God, when He manifests into this world in flesh and blood, why would He call Himself to be the Lamb of God? Why could not He be the Lion of God? Why could not He be the Horse of God? Why could not He be the Elephant of God? Why could not He be the Eagle of God? Why He has to call Himself as the Lamb of God? That's what we read even in the book of Revelation. He was a lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. Even before Genesis 1 and 1 could be written by prophet Moses, he was slain as a lamb before the beginning of this world. Why the lamb? That's my question. Why the lamb? Why not any other species? And let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, it's because of the blood of the lamb. That's what Peter the apostle said, Ye were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. And he kind of reminded the saints and he said that blood is the blood of the lamb. Praise the name of the living God. You know, recently the scientists have made a little discovery that the blood of the lamb is used to produce antidote for snake bites. I was here at the missionary conference way back in the year 2011 or 12. I don't remember exactly the information, the scientific information that I'm going to give now. uh, You know, a preacher by the name of... uh, Reverend Rex Johnson from Austin, Texas. If you would have ever been to the missionary conference a couple of years before, you would have heard him preach on the information that I'm going to give you. The scientific information that have been proven, tried, and tested. The scientists have recently made a discovery that the blood of the lamb is used to produce antidote for snake venom. And it's amazing. You know, when I, when I, when I heard that, you know, I was just laughing to myself. This couldn't be. And you know, the first thing that I did after I entered into my room is take my computer and Google it and see whether it is true. And let me tell you, this is true. You can go and do the same. And it's amazing to see how the, the process that the scientists did with the lamb to produce that antidote. You know, there are three steps that are involved uh, in, the, in the process of producing a, an antidote from uh, the blood stream of a lamb. So this is the first step. You know, the scientists they inserted a certain amount of snake venom into the blood stream of the lamb. Is it clear? Yeah. This is step number one. Insertion, not of a whole lot of venom, but a certain portion of venom into the bloodstream of the lamb. Now let me tell you if 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 somebody would insert snake venom into our bloodstream, what would happen to us? Or any animal for that matter, it would die. Once the venom gets into the bloodstream, wherever the venom travels, it would stop the functioning of the body. If it would get to the heart, the heart would stop functioning. If it would get to the kidneys, the kidneys would stop functioning. And very soon, within a few minutes, the person is going to lose his or her life. But amazingly, when they inserted a certain amount of poison into the bloodstream of the lamb, it never died. And they wanted to find out what is the reason the lamb did not die. And this is the second step. After they inserted the snake venom into the bloodstream of the lamb, the second step... Naturally, everybody say naturally, the bloodstream of the lamb, it produced protein out of poison. What is protein? It's strength. What is poison? It's weakness. In other words, the bloodstream of the lamb, after the venom, after the weakness has been inserted into its body, its bloodstream naturally produced... Strength out of weakness. That's the second step. And thirdly, after the protein was produced out of poison, the protein fought with the poison and killed the poison. And that's the reason the lamb never died. It continued to live on. Let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, when I heard this information and I kind of compared it with the blood of the Lamb of God, it, it amazingly, it totally, radically, dynamically changed my life. And it is my prayer and my faith that it will do the same to each and every one of you under the sound of my voice. So are these three steps very clear to you? Number one, they inserted a certain amount of poison, not a whole lot. Into the bloodstream of the lamb. Second step, the lamb, lamb's blood produced protein out of poison. And the third step, you know, the protein fought with the poison and killed the poison. And the lamb never died. It lived. It continued to live. And after this process had taken place in the lamb, they took that protein that was produced. And then they used that protein to produce the antidote for snake bites. That's what happened. You know, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, the devil is the old serpent. Serpent is nothing but another word for snake. The book of Revelation says he's the old serpent. Oh, I like the word old serpent. Right there, there's a good message. The devil is getting old. You know, when my Bible talks about Jesus, it doesn't say that old Jesus or that old God, the old Lord. But whenever the Bible talks about the devil, it says he's an old serpent. The message is that devil is getting old. You should clap your hands. The devil is getting old. And as he is getting old... He is getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And and there's going to be a time he's going to be bound. So when Jesus Christ came into this world, he came as the Lamb of God. And at the end of the earthly life of Jesus Christ, the old serpent called the devil Was trying to bite our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's why he suffered right from the Garden of Gethsemane to the Mount of Golcala. From the time his sweat glands oozed out the blood and it dropped down on the ground in the Garden of Gethsemane until the time water and blood came forth out of his body and he breathed last, the serpent was biting him. The old serpent called the devil. And as Jesus Christ was suffering all through the way from Gethsemane to Golgotha, maybe the devil was having a party in hell with his host of angels. Maybe he told his angels, oh, look at this man. He has been hurting my kingdom. He has been preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He has been healing the sick. He has been raising the dead. He has been preaching good tidings. But look at what I am going to do to him. I am going to bite him to death. And when you look at the scripture, there are seven different places uh, Jesus was shedding his blood. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Luke chapter 22 and verse number 44. The Bible says his sweat came out and dropped down as blood. When he agonized and prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, the devil bit him on the sweat glands. Number two. Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 26, they put 39 stripes on his back. And every time they put 39 stripes on his back, blood oozed out of his body. And that's the second place the old serpent called the devil bit the lamb of God who is our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 27, verse 29 to 30. They planted a crown of thorns and placed it upon his head. When they pressed the crown of thorns on his head, blood came out of his head. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse number 6, the scripture says they pulled his beard. When they pulled his beard, blood came out of his face and that's the fourth place. The old serpent called the devil bit the lamb of God who is our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm number 22 and verse number 16. They put nails in his hand and when they draw, drove those nails in his hands, blood came out of his hands. That was the fifth place. The old serpent called the devil bit the Lamb of God who is our Lord Jesus Christ. The same scripture. They put nails in his feet and when they drove the nails in his feet, blood came out of his feet. The old serpent called the devil bit our Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, in his feet. That is the sixth place. Seventhly and finally, John chapter 19 and verse number 34, they put spears in his sides. When they drove those spears in his sides, the scripture says water and blood came forth out of his body. (laughs) Seventhly, the whole serpent called the devil, bit our Lord Jesus Christ on his sides, the Lamb of God. And the devil may be rejoicing that he is going to die and his kingdom is going to be destroyed. But little he knew that it was just the beginning. And that's why the scripture says if he would have known that, he wouldn't have crucified the living God. Yeah. What happened when the devil bit our Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe he thought Jesus was dying. The serpent bit our Lord Jesus Christ seven times. But let me tell you what that blood dead as the blood of the lamb produced protein out of the poison the blood of Jesus Christ the lamb of God fought with the poison of the devil the venom of the devil what is the poison of the devil sin is the poison of the devil sickness is the poison of the devil curse is the poison of the devil death And hell is the poison of the devil. Guilt and condemnation is the poison of the devil. But the blood of the Lamb of God, who is our Lord Jesus Christ, it fought with the poison of the devil. The blood of Jesus Christ produced righteousness for sin, healing for sickness, blessing for curse, life for death, eternal life for condemnation. And he conquered the works of the devil. The blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, overcame the works, the poison, the venom of the devil. Praise the name of the living God. The Bible says he conquered death and hell. Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How could he say that because he knew what he was going to do by the shedding of his blood. The devil thought he's going to die. But Jesus' blood produced strength out of weakness. Produced righteousness out of sin. Produced healing out of sickness. Produced blessing out of curse produce life out of death produce eternal life out of eternal condemnation and he conquered the works of the devil let me tell you my brothers and sisters we sang a song that said the blood will never lose its power the blood will Never. Will never means you don't need any explanation. Will never lose its power. Praise the name of the living God. Where can we find the power of that blood? It's one thing to know the power is available, but it is another thing to know where it is available. And how we can inherit that power. Praise the name of the living God. Yeah, yeah. Let us turn to Isaiah chapter 34. In verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 34 and verse number 6. What does the scripture say? The sword of the Lord, everybody say the sword of the Lord is filled with blood. The sword of the Lord is. Is filled with blood. So what is the sword of the Lord? How is it made of? He's not having a steel sword. Or a golden sword. Or a silver sword. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 17. When apostle Paul was talking about the whole armor of God. He said take the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Yeah. Praise the name of the living God let's go back to the scripture in the book of Isaiah. It says, the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God, is filled with blood. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the word of God is backed up by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Every word in this book, you take any testament in the Bible. You take any book of the 66 books. You take any chapter. You take any verse. You take any word in the verse. You take any letter in any word, in any verse, and in any chapter and dissect it. It will bleed. It will bleed. It will bleed. It will bleed the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. When I say there's power in the blood, power in the word, I don't mean that crimson stain found you know in in the pages of your bible if you look for some crimson stain in the pages of your bible you may not find it but what i mean to say the power of that blood the natural chemical fluid that jesus shed would have dried up by now but the power in that blood is in this word praise the name of the living god praise the name of the living god Whatever the blood of Jesus Christ has accomplished is in this word. That's why Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatsoever you shall ask, it shall be done unto you. Praise the name of the living God. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16, the scripture says, let the word of Christ be. Dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Praise the name of the living God. You can have the power of the blood of Jesus Christ only when you have this word in your heart. Not just in our hands. Not just in our house. We can buy many Bibles and fill our houses and our churches with Bibles. But we cannot acquire the power that is in that word, power that is in that blood which is in the word of God, if we don 't have that Word in our heart and in our life. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood that 's why you know you know when the when the Word of God talks about the Word of god it 's just not the Word, but it is the word of life. Yes, Philippians chapter two and verse number sixteen, What does the scripture say? Paul the apostle told the saints of the church of the city of Philippi, he said, hold forth, holding forth the word of life. This word has got life in it. You go to a bookstore, you can find many books written by many great authors. Let me tell you, those words are also written with the same 26 English alphabets. They, they they don't use 27th or 28th alphabet they use the same 26 english alphabets yeah. they're also written with the same grammar the bible is also written But let me tell you, there is no life in any one of the words that you can find in any other book. But you take the word of God, which is the sword of the Lord from the beginning to ending. It is filled and drenched and soaked in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why when you believe any part of God's word, you will never fail. The word of God never fails. God never fail because every word is backed up by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And what about the Holy Ghost? Is it just for us to have fun? No. Let me tell you, Holy Ghost is the one who leads us into the Word. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 14, the scripture says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God. So, the Holy Ghost is the one that draws us into the. Nobody can draw to this word if they don't have the Holy Ghost. Because the primary work of the Holy Ghost is to lead the people to the truth, to the word of God. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse number 13, even when the spirit of truth is come, he shall guide you into all truth. And what is truth? It's nothing but the word of the living God. But ultimately it is a word that has the power, that has the overcoming power, because every word of God is backed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1 You know, Paul talked about the Holy Ghost in the New Testament church. He said, it was a great mystery in the days of the Old Testament. Colossians chapter 1, you can read it in verse number 16 or so. The great mystery which has been hidden from ages to generations. Nobody in the Old Testament have the privilege to host the presence of God in their life like you and I do. There were great people that lived in the days of the Old Testament. There was prophet Moses. Did dynamic things in his days. In fact, God did all of his mighty works only through Moses. But let me tell you, he didn't have the privilege to have the presence of God in him 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. He did all the mighty works in the land of Egypt. He was in the forefront when the Red Sea parted. He, he, he hit the rock and the waters came out of the rock. When he cut down the tree and throw it into the, into the waters of Mara, the bitter waters were made sweet. He did all the mighty works. He saw the power of God. He, he demonstrated all the power of God. But have you ever noticed when he got alone with God on the mount, he said, Lord, show me your glory. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. He knew the power of God. He saw the power of God. But he could never have the privilege of hosting the presence of God in his life. And that was the yearning of the saints of the Old Testament. Moses said, show me your glory. But the Lord said, I won't show you. You can see my back parts. Yeah. And you for, or for example, you take David. You see some of his Psalms. You see the real hunger and thirst in David, an earning that he had for more of god 's presence. Yes. He said, "As a heart panteth after the waters brooks, but we have the privilege to host the presence of God because we are living on the other side of the cross. I am so glad that i didn 't live in the days of Elijah, or Moses or David. But I am so glad to live my life on this earth, the other side of the cross. So that I can have the privilege to host the presence of God in my life. This was a great mystery, Paul says, in Colossians chapter 1, that has been hidden from ages to generation, but now has been revealed to the saints, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when Christ comes and dwells inside us, What does he do? That's what you read in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse number 63, It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, the words that is backed by the power of the blood of the Lamb of God, the words that he speaks, they are spirit and they are life. This word is just not a word, but it is a word of life. It has got the life to save, life to heal, life to deliver, life to solve your problems, life to transform your life, life to even transport you from this life to eternal life. How did that life come into this word? It's through the blood. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse number 11, the scripture says, The life of the flesh... Is in the blood. Am I right? Right. The life of the flesh. My life is in my blood. Your life is in your blood that is in your flesh. That's why when somebody is caught in a wreck and he loses a lot of blood, what do they do after the paramedics come? To give him some blood. Why? He loses his blood. He loses his life because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Same way when Jesus Christ came into this world in flesh and blood, his life was in his blood. So when he shed his blood, he was shedding his life. And that life was infused into this word, the sword of the Lord. And its power is backed up. By every word that is written in this book. I pray let the Lord open the eyes of your understanding. To see the light of this truth. That it might transform your life. Psalm number 119 and verse number 11. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against you. I've heard of some Holy Ghost filled people go and sin openly. I, I used to wonder why. It's because the word is not hid in the heart. Because this word, if it abides in our life, this word has the power because it has produced sin. It has produced righteousness for sin. Whatever the blood of Jesus Christ did, its power is infused into this word of God. It's a holy word. It's a righteous word. If this word is hidden in our hearts, we won't sin. Because the blood of Jesus that overcame sin is in this word. And if we have this word in our life, when sin comes, we will be able to overcome it. Same way you take sickness. In Psalm number 107, what does the scripture say? He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from all they did. How can a word heal somebody? This is just not a word, but it is the word of life. Right. And this word has the power of the blood of the Lamb of God because that blood, it produced healing for sickness. That's why if anyone believed the word of healing, he is healed. Praise the name of the living God. Same way, deliverance. You want eternal life? The Bible says this is the word of eternal life. If this word stays in you, you have the hope of eternal life. You want to be righteous? This word is the word of righteousness. I can go on and on and on and on and on. Anything you need, anything you expect for you to be, for you to do, everything Is in the word of God and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ has been infused into this word. And we have to make sure the word dwells in our heart. We have to make sure that we are led by the spirit of God. When we are led by the spirit of God, we will be led into the word of God. Because that is the place where the spirit of God will take you. Jesus said, even when the spirit of truth is come, he shall take you, he shall lead you, he shall guide you into all truth. You can face any circumstance. I don't know what you are facing today, but, or, or even I don't know what you will face today, tomorrow. I don't know what you will face tomorrow. I don't know what you are facing today, or I don't know what you will face tomorrow. But let me tell you this, no matter whatever you face. You have this word in your heart. You can come victorious. No matter how complex your situation is. No matter how long you have gone through that circumstance in your life. This word has got the power to fight with whatever enemy you are facing in your life. All that we have to do is just keep the word of God in our heart. Let me tell you, when we have the word of God in our heart, you don't need to fight the battle. The word in you will fight the battle for you. Because all that the blood of Jesus Christ has accomplished is in this word. And if we have this word, the word will do the fighting for us. If we try to fight for ourselves, we will fail. But if we let The Lord guide us into this word and let this word dwell in our heart. The word will fight the battle for us. In Romans chapter 8, what does the scripture say? Apostle Paul writing to the saints of the church in the city of Rome. He says, you are more than conquerors. Who is the conqueror then? Jesus Christ is the conqueror, right? Because his blood hath conquered everything that that devil had in its, in his store. But Jesus said, we, the church, we are more than the one who conquered. For some people it doesn't make sense. Lord, how can I be more than you? You know, not long before I, I, I had the privilege of uh, <clears throat> hearing about A documentary that was made on uh, one of the greatest athletes your nation produced, Muhammad Ali. Do you know him? (laughs) You know, so so many times consecutively he won the world titles. If I'm not wrong, six, seven years. And he could finish matches within seconds. And in this documentary they prepared on his life, you know, they, they extensively showed the way... That he used to train for each and every bout. He owned a huge ranch down in Texas. Which had got all kinds of terrains. It had the valleys and the hills and the flat ground. It's a huge ranch. And he used to hire people just to give him company. He would get up early in the morning. And he would just run all over the ranch. Climb the mountain and run to the valley and run in the flat grounds. He would train hard. And he would come back to his fitness room and he would exercise for hours. And he would eat, you know, I really don't know what were the details of his food. And he hired people just to give him company. And they, they told something about his wife, which really interested me. His wife would uh, never interfere in any of the things that he did. While training. Or even she wouldn't go to the fight. To the arena where he would. Uh, you know face his opponent. He would sit. She would sit at the house. And she would say you know it's very hard for me to watch. My, my husband being bruised and battered. You know I, I better stay at home. That's the reason she, uh, she said. She would stay at home. She would even never. Watch the television. Of the match that he was fighting in she just stayed in a living room closing her eyes and turning to the back but this man before he could win the title and get the million dollar check in his pocket he would train hard run hard exercise hard for many months before the fight and he would go to the fight by himself and he would take all the bruises and he would bleed And then finally he would get his title and take that million dollar check in his pocket and conquer the battle. And then he would come back home. And when he comes back home, you know, he would press the doorbell at his house. And his wife would come and open the door and throw up throw her arms around him and give him a kiss and then take that million dollar check and put it in her purse. (laughs) She didn't do anything for that. This man, he trained hard for many months and many weeks and he went to the fight all by himself and he was bruised and battered, he bled and he won the title and took his prize money and he comes back home His wife does nothing but gives him a kiss and a hug. And takes a million dollar check and put it in her purse. Muhammad Ali is the conqueror. His wife is more than a conqueror. That's the same thing that happened in the relationship that we have with Christ the Bible says he is our bridegroom and we are the bride of Jesus Christ all that we do is just believe what he has already done on the cross of Calvary and win the victory over the devil you need not fight the devil you did not fight your sin you need not fight your sickness but let me tell you if you have the word of God which has conquered everything dwelling in you richly the word The word will fight the battle because it is infused with the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. There is transforming power in the word. There is conquering power in the word. There is delivering power in the word. There is saving power and healing power in the word. And let me tell you, you have this word in you. That's why Jesus said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Everybody say with me, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Nothing shall by any means hurt my spouse. Nothing shall by any means hurt my family. Nothing shall by any means hurt my church. Nothing shall by any means hurt my community. Why? Because of the power. Of the blood of the Lamb of God, who is our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So ultimately, you have to love this word. Yeah. You have to hear this word, believe this word, obey this word, confess this word, and exalt this word, and focus on this word because there is life in this word, and that life came because of the blood. Of Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God. Ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold. But ye were bought with a price, redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as of a Lamb. God bless you all. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And turn the order of service to the pastor. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight.